Our reading this afternoon is from Luke 8, 4 through 15. This is what Holy Scripture says. And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seeds, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when the disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed of the, is the word of God, the ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe it for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Thanks be to God. Steve Brown talks for a living. He's a former pastor, seminary professor, and has been a radio broadcaster for decades. He's also written many books, and uh, one of those books is titled How to Talk So People Will Listen. In the book, Steve mentions several roadblocks uh, to communicating clearly with your intended audience. And the first roadblock has to do with our sometimes seeming inability at times to state something simply and clearly. We at times can be so concerned with what people think of us and offending someone that we fail to simply say what we mean. Steve tells a story about a young soldier whose mother had died back home. His sergeant didn't know how to tell this young man and felt quite uncomfortable in just hitting him over the head with this terrible news. So the sergeant came up with what he thought was a compassionate and subtle way of telling the young soldier about his mother's death. The next morning, when all the troops were at attention for roll call, the sergeant said, I want everyone who has a mother to take one step forward. And then he added, not so quick, George. Unfortunately, at times, uh, we can make communication harder than it needs to be. And that's exactly what Jesus seems to do in his teaching so often when he uses parables. He doesn't speak clearly. He doesn't get to the point. He doesn't make it simple. 
And in our passage today, we're told in verse 4 that when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, Jesus began to teach them with a parable. Now, what is a parable? Well, parables are sayings or stories like riddles. Uh, They cover the truth as much as convey the truth. They require effort and close attention in order to be understood. And parables that we see in Scripture are often drawn from nature or from common life and grab a person's attention because they're often vivid and strange and leave you asking this question, what exactly did that mean? What is he trying to say? And so I hope that's the question you're asking today. What exactly does this parable mean? And how do we apply it to our lives? And this is what the disciples in the story were asking as well. In verse 9, they come to Jesus and they ask what the parable meant. They ask Jesus to explain it. And in verse 11, Jesus begins to explain the meaning behind his riddle. And that's what we're going to try to decipher today with our time. Uh, We're going to tackle this riddle using the following outline, and we're going to make it as simple as we can. Uh, We're going to first, we're going to decipher who is the sower. Uh, Second, we're going to answer the question, what is the seed? And then third, we're going to look at who are the four soils that Jesus presents here. So straightforward, simple outline, the sower, the seed, and the soils. So first, let's look at the sower. In verse 5, we're told in this parable that a sower went out to sow his seed. Now, I don't know if you noticed in verse 11, when Jesus was explaining the parable, he doesn't explain who the sower was. He starts with the seed and moves on to the soils and skips right over the sower. Now, scholars have discovered in their uh, research and reading of uh, ancient texts that thousands of years ago in Greco-Roman philosophical discussions that a sower was a common analogy for a teacher. So even though Jesus doesn't explain straightforwardly who the sower is, it's certainly implied that Jesus himself is the sower He's the one teaching the crowd. Now, what do we notice about the sower in this parable? Well, it could be said that he's rather reckless with the seed. Now, if we were to plant a garden in our backyard, uh, if you were like me, you would probably tend to have very organized, straight, careful Uh, lines in the soil to put the seeds. I have a slide that gives you an idea of how many of us, I think, if we were to plant, we'd be very deliberate and careful. We wouldn't want to waste, would we? But in Jesus' day, when a sower goes out to sow, he tends to be more like this following slide, which would be called kind of a broadcast sowing, where you're just kind of reckless with it. You're indiscriminate. You you just fling it here and you fling it there. And we're told in the parable that some of the seed fell along the path that the sower himself would, would have been walking along. 
Some of the seed fell on the rock, which would have had a very thin layer of soil over it. Some of it fell among the thorns, and some fell into good soil. So we see this sower who is reckless and wasteful with his seed. But of course, Jesus displayed the same kind of recklessness in his ministry, didn't he? Because Jesus taught large crowds of people. And these people came from all walks of life. Jesus taught Jews and Gentiles. Jesus taught the powerful and the weak. Jesus taught the rich and the poor. Jesus taught the educated and the uneducated. And Jesus taught the healthy and the sick. Jesus threw his words out without any consideration of where it would land and who would receive it. And this is an important point for us today because as Jesus' followers, we as the church, the people of God, continue in Jesus' example in how we sow the seed. Jesus commissioned his followers at the end of Matthew in chapter 28 with what, what is known as the Great Commission. And, and if you've grown up in the church and been to church, you, you are familiar with that passage where Jesus calls us to go and to scatter the seed, to teach as he taught, to be wasteful, to be indiscriminate, not to be careful, not to be deliberate, not be afraid to scatter the seed to all types of people. And I, as an ordained minister of the gospel, continue in Jesus' tradition here today in this worship service with the words of Jesus to whomever will listen. We, friends, in a church service should expect all types of people to be here. That's what I want you to consider, that any event, any activity that we do as a church, we should expect all types of people. We should open our doors to all types of people, people who don't share our beliefs and values, people who believe very differently than we do, people who live their lives very differently than we do. We should welcome them and expect them to be here. And this is where we can apply this idea in a very tangible way, these two ways, for you to consider that if you take on the mindset of the sower in this parable, I invite you to consider the range of people you would invite to church. Now, I know some of you are very careful of the type of person you would invite to come to church. You would only probably, perhaps, invite the type of person that you think would be open. You would only extend the invitation to the type of person who already might be considering going to church. And I hope you see that Jesus' technique and Jesus' method would not have been so careful that he would invite anyone, anyone who would dare hear his words. And so I would ask you to extend the type of people you would invite to come and to hear. And secondly, I would ask you to expand 
your expectations of the type of people that you would meet here, that you would welcome here, that we should not expect the people who walk through this door to believe what we believe. And we should not ask them questions like, oh, expecting them to know what we mean when we talk church language or to expect that they hold our same values in different areas of life. We should expect all types. And so I ask you to expand your expectations for who you might run into, who you might welcome, who you might talk to, and for you to welcome them as Jesus would welcome them. So that's what we see with the sower. What about the seed? Well, the seed, pretty simple, right? Jesus tells us in verse 11 what the seed is. The seed is the word of God. Well, we alluded to this uh, when we were talking about Jesus as the sower. But it should arrest our attention here when we consider that Jesus is talking about his own teaching. As he's talking about the word of God, Jesus is giving his teaching the same level of authority the same power as the very words of God because that's what we have to offer the world. Now, that's one of the reasons we focus on the Word of God in our worship service. I hope you, I hope you notice that, uh, that the various elements of what we do here on, on a Sunday, uh, we try to tie in Scripture into every part of what we do because we believe that is what we are doing. We are sharing, scattering the Word of God, the seed that God has given us in the Scriptures. So in the Confession and Assurance, um, we, we want you to be uh, challenged and encouraged by the Word of God. And in my sermon, hopefully it's based on Scripture, and that my job is to draw your attention to the Word of God, to the Scriptures, not my speaking abilities. I mean, I'm trying my best uh, for you to leave every Sunday that you hear me preach. And for you, you know, not that you leave saying, wow, Jason was such a great communicator or Jason was so interesting. You might think I'm boring at times. That's okay. You might think I'm not very funny at times. And I tell bad jokes. But I want you to leave at the very least saying, well, you know, I have a better understanding of that passage of God's Word. We were uh, at a family camp this summer, and we were talking to a couple who had been going to this camp for 30-plus years. And I was asking them, uh, because they have guest speakers who come and speak at this camp, and I asked them, who, who's been your favorite speaker over all those years? And immediately, the, the older gentleman uh, gave a name. I, I was not familiar with him. And he said, I love that speaker. He makes me laugh. Now, it's good to make you laugh. That's a good thing. Because sometimes you can communicate the truth of God's word better if you can make people laugh. But I hope that after years of preaching the word of God, that is not the first response someone has about me. I do not want... My, my humor, well, I guess I don't have to worry about that, do I? Because that's never going to be the accusation anyone puts towards me. Uh, but I want you, I want you to say he tried <laughs> to preach God's word. And he tried to share this seed 
the seed that God has given us. Um, but it's not just the scriptures that what Jesus is talking about here. I don't think, I don't think it's just the scriptures because if we were just to focus on the scriptures themselves, I think we would miss the heart of what Jesus is saying here in this parable. Let me see if I can make the case. If you were to turn to Luke 24, it's the story of the road to Emmaus where Jesus has been raised from the dead. The risen Christ meets with, with these travelers who are wondering what, what is going on. This Jesus who was crucified, uh, you know, there's stories going on. What, what's going on? And Jesus comes along. He meets with these, these men. He, and he has a conversation with them. And what does he do? He gives them a lesson in interpreting the scriptures. And he says in verse 27, In beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. In other words, the point of the scriptures is to point to Jesus. That Jesus is the fulfillment of them. And that the scriptures draw us to him. And I think there's a reason why in John's gospel, in the first chapter, John calls Jesus the word. Where he says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus is the living word. So what is my point? We could memorize all the scriptures. We could have the Ten Commandments. We could know them by heart. We could be well-versed in all the doctrines of our faith. And be so far from God. And be one of the soils that we're going to talk about here in a minute. If we miss out on Christ. If we don't see that the seed ultimately is Christ himself. That it, the whole point of this parable is to be soil that is receptive to a person, not a set of doctrines. I don't want you to miss that point. Steve Lawson is um, a professor. He says this, To those who preach, a sermon without Jesus is like a hospital without medicine. And I can remember Liv and I, when we were starting out King's Church way back before we even started services, we went, we went to a very famous church here in Southern California. It's a wonderful church. I, that particular Sunday, my heart was broken because we sat in a worship service and the name of Jesus was brought up twice in one song, the whole service. The name of Jesus was never brought up at any other point in the entire service. And I've left asking myself, what did we just do that is unique to the Christian faith? If the name of Jesus is not spoken in our worship, we must remember, we must remember the whole point of why we're here. It's for God to be worshipped as he is known in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we just want to Remind ourselves that it is the seed that we are receiving, the word of God, the living word, the risen Christ. So let's look at these four soils. 
quickly here. Um, we're going to look at the hard heart, the superficial heart, the distracted heart, and the responsive heart. I'm going to, I mean, we could do a whole sermon on each one of these. We're just going to go through them quickly. So the hard heart. In verse 5 in the parable, this is what we're told. That some of the seed fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And when Jesus explains that part of the parable, this is what he said. That the ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. You, if you've been hiking, if you've been even gardening, you know that hard path, right? You've walked on it. It can be as hard as pavement. And so it is packed down from the foot traffic and all the people who have walked along it. And that represents the hard heart of the close-minded person to the Word of God and the person of Jesus. Now, there might be many reasons why a heart is hardened. And certainly we can say that Jesus is warning us here of spiritual attack, right? He talks about the devil coming along and snatching away the Word of God. And so certainly the devil plays a role here in hardening us to the Word of God. And that might be you today. You might be here and you want nothing to do with God's word. Your heart is hard, hard, you feel it. It's like when someone reads scripture to you or want someone suggests reading the Bible, um, you, you just, it's like you bear down and you don't want anything to do with that. It's like, you know, your heart has been encased in concrete to the word of God. It could be your arrogance and pride. You could think, I don't need that stuff. I'm doing fine. Don't give me the Bible. Don't give me the scriptures. Don't give me Jesus. I'm doing fine all by myself. It could be maybe you're blinded by your immoral life choices, the, the ways you're living your life. <clears throat> and so you're very closed off. Or it could be Sadly, you're wounded from past experiences. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you have experienced real heartache from the church, from a spiritual leader, from someone you trusted. We could see there's lots of reasons why our hearts can be hard to the word of God where the, the seed just bounces right off, doesn't even put a dent. And you need to be warned here, you could be a very religious person and be this type of soil. Because again, it's not about the rules. It's not about the doctrine. It's not about memorizing the scriptures. It's about being receptive to the seed being planted deep within you, the person of Jesus Christ. And what the word tells you is you can't do it yourself. That's what the gospel message is. That's the message Jesus came to share with us, that you're not good enough. That you can't do it on your own. That you're actually worse than you're willing to admit. But that Jesus loves you. That Jesus died for you. That Jesus is for you. And that through him, through him alone, you can find life 
but you've got to be willing to admit the bad news about yourself in order to receive the good news that Jesus offers, the truth about who you truly are. And some of us are not ready for that truth. Some of us are very hardened to it. And that might be you today. Your heart may be there. It might be so hard towards God. It's made of steel. It's immovable. And perhaps you're bitter. And perhaps you're angry. And perhaps you're disappointed. Perhaps you're sad. There could be any number of reasons. But you feel it. You feel it within you. The hardness, don't you? You feel it. Well, I want you to hear Jesus' words today. They're spoken to you. In verse 8, he says, He who has ears, she who has ears, hear, let him hear. Hear what Jesus is saying to you today and believe God can change your hard heart. God can transform your hard heart. The superficial heart. In verse 6, Jesus says that some of uh, the seed fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Again, this is kind of a soil, just a thin soil on top of, of rock or hard, a hard surface. And he explains in verse 13 that these were the ones on the rock. They hear the word, and they receive it with joy, but they have no root. They believe for a while, and in a time of testing, all fall away. So this seed starts off well, doesn't it? It sprouts up. But it's short-lived. It doesn't last. There's no, there's no roots. There, there, there are no roots. And when the pressure comes, when the heat comes, when the trials come, they wither. They don't last. Stanley Hauerwas, a theologian, describes this kind of Christian as one who is too ready to follow Jesus Meaning they fail to understand that they do not understand what kind of Messiah this is. <laughs> they don't understand what kind of Messiah Jesus is. They don't count the cost. And because of this, their faith is easily discouraged and destroyed. And you've seen this probably and maybe even experienced in your own life. The joy of conversion, the joy where you, you hear the good news and you're like, yes, I want that. I want salvation. I want to know God. I, I want what Jesus is offering me. And then you, you grab hold of it and you're so happy. I know that's few of us in this room. We're not happy people, right? No, we're happy when we come to faith. We, we're joyful. Uh, but then the trials come, and then the difficulties come, and the pressures come, and then we wonder, I don't know if I really am a Christian. I don't know if I really want to follow this Jesus, because it seems like he's calling me down a path that's really hard, and I don't think I want to go there. And so we turn away. So we see that kind of superficial faith in, in many people who, who choose to follow Christ, because being a disciple or follower of Jesus, it takes time and it takes effort and it takes instruction and it takes community and it takes work to deepen your roots. And so if you're challenged and in, in wavering in that place of your faith and, and it feels very superficial, let me encourage you to hear the words of Jesus. He says, if you have ears, hear. Hear what he has to say. He can deepen your faith. He can work in your life. Surround yourself with other people 
who are seeking to follow Jesus faithfully. Be in community. Ground yourself in his word. And you can begin to see your faith flourish. So next, this third soil, the distracted heart. What does Jesus say? He says in verse 7, Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And as for what fell among the thorns, there in verse 14, Jesus explains, There are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Now, the obvious enemy of the, of the second soil was persecution. The uh, persecution here is outdone, it looks like, by the more subtle enemy of the third soil, which is prosperity. You see that? One commentator put it this way, prosperity destroys the word and the heart as much as persecution does and more dangerously because more silently the stones spoil the, ro- the root, the thorns spoil the fruit. And so whether it's the temptation of ease or the busyness of being overcommitted, the seed fails to grow and to thrive because it's simply crowded out. And there has never been a time, I think, in the age of the church where this is more true than today in America among Christians. We are so overloaded. We are so busy. We are so anxious. We are so worried We can't take our eyes off all the things we have to do to actually look to Jesus and say, Jesus, what would you have me do? How would you have me live? No wonder we have no fruit. We are divided. We are distracted. And so the seed, which is the word, it falls among these thorns and it fights for nutrients in the ground, but it doesn't survive. gets choked out. So this describes perhaps some of you here today. You, you feel like, gosh, I, I have no time to be a Christian. I have no time to, to work on my faith, to focus on what God might do in my life. And I'm encouraging you today, hear Jesus' words. He says, if you have ears, listen, hear. He's calling you to focus your attention on him To turn your back on all the busyness. To seek help. To ask for someone in your life to say, hey, am I overloaded? Do you have advice? Is there ways I can simplify? Do you have suggestions on things I might do to be able to focus my attention more on Jesus and see him work in my life to calm my heart, to bring me in alignment to what his word has to say? Now is the time to respond. Don't use the excuse of being too busy. You're not. You're not. Finally, the responsive heart. Uh, We see here in verse 8, some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And then in verse 15, Jesus tells us here, as for that good soil, there are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Now, Think about this with me. The soil is rather passive, isn't it? The soil passively receives the seed. 
And that's an important point to remember in all of this because some of you are going to get overwhelmed in thinking, well, i got to do, 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 do. And I want you to hear, hear what Jesus is saying is to receive is what Jesus is telling you to do. That it begins by receiving the word. To let the word come to you. And for you to be responsive. Because right listening is the catalyst for right doing. Do you get that? And the fruit that will come from your life doesn't happen overnight. With all of these, I want you to see these are not one moment examples of what happens in us spiritually. I would say... Most of us can see ourselves in all four soils. I've had times in my life where my heart, my heart has been very hard to the word of God and to the person of Jesus. And I will even say very recently in my life, my heart has been very hard. I've had bitterness. I haven't wanted to hear. I hear, but I don't listen. When Jesus says he loves me, I look back at him and I say, no, you don't because I don't deserve your love. And I'm unwilling to hear. What about you? Some of you are in that place. You're a Christian, you're a follower of Christ, but your heart feels hard. Or maybe you're struggling because your faith feels so superficial. You know you love Jesus, you know you're his follower. But it's so hard to meditate on his word. It's so hard to read thoughtful Christian writings that will deepen your faith. It's so hard to spend the time. It's much easier just to turn off your brain and coast. Or maybe you feel so distracted and overwhelmed. And maybe there are times when you're very close with Christ. And responsive to him, the point is, friends, we find ourselves in all four soils at times. And the point is that Jesus is the one who is faithful. Jesus is the one who continues to scatter his seed. And it is God who grows us. Our calling is to be responsive. Our calling is to listen. Our calling is to hear that he loves us and that he can use us and he can work in us. And we are called, I think, at the end, Jesus there says to hold fast. You know, it, there's a difference between being passive and lazy and being passive and, 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 and being active and showing greater effort. And I think this holding fast to the word, <clears throat> it's that tension in the Christian life where you passively receive and yet you cling Kind of like Jacob wrestling God, right? He just held on for dear life because that's all he could do. And I think that's the good soil here. It's a Christian who holds on to Christ, holds on to the gospel because that's all you can do. Knowing that he will be faithful. So friends, he who has ears to hear, let her hear. Hear the words of Christ today. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you for this parable that challenges us and encourages us.
to turn to you, to know that you are faithful, to believe that you love us. And may your truth sink deep into our hearts so that we might bear your fruit in the world. Lord, we pray in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Now,